This is a true story, one of my favorite ones. One day, on the Wilson River Highway between Tillamook and Portland, which is a rather, can be a rather treacherous road, like the one in the Gospel, with a lot of switchbacks and uh, difficult places, especially in the winter, uh, in which you find a number of people passing on blind curves and all kinds of things. Uh, a lot of people life flighted out of there because of that road. At the very top of the road, I was driving on it once, and there was a lady with her hood up in the area where there was no cell phone coverage, which is about 10 miles. And so she's in the middle of this, and she's got her, got her hands up like this, and the hood is up. So I stopped. I normally, when it's a woman over on the side of the road, I usually don't stop because they get afraid, you know. And so, but I decided, I, I decided to stop and see if I could do something. And so uh, she was, what she had been doing, her name was Susie, and she has passed away now. Uh, anyway, she was like this saying, praise the Lord, I know you're here, praise the Lord, I know you're going to help me with this car, oh God, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, just like what I would do. <laughs> I dropped a cup of coffee this morning in my chapel, and that was not what I said. But, uh, so here I come up in my car, Saturn at that time, and it said on it, um, try God. So she thought I was the guardian angel, her, excuse me, the angel Gabriel had come to help her because of that answer to her prayers. And, of course, that was not the answer to her prayers. But I did say, I didn't know what was wrong with the darn thing, but I did say I would call her AAA for her. She had that when I got in cell phone range, and I kept going with that. And so uh, I did call AAA, but I gave her my card. She, I said she, she said she was a Protestant, thinking about looking at a different, uh, different church. I said, well, you can stop in and see me. I'm Pastor Sacred Heart. Here's my card. And... So she, uh, she did, actually. So anyway, she called later. She said, you'll never guess what happened. I said, what? She said, well, right after you left, a group of bikers showed up and stopped there. Hell's Angels. <laughs> Funny coincidence, isn't it? One of them fixed the car, and off she went. <laughs> so that, uh, uh, it was a Hell's Angel that actually saved her, and, you know, so, uh, in a way, it was like the Samaritans. People have a bad image of a group like that, and they're not, of course, it's, it's you know, in many ways, it's kind of fake news, so to speak, and it's, uh, it's, it's a very good parable and true, and she became Catholic, by the way, partly because of that. And uh, it, in a way, God uses the unexpected to help us. In this gospel, one has to know a little bit about the lay of the land to really appreciate this story. Uh, this is, the road, of course, exists. You go from Jericho, the lowest inhabited city on earth, uh, and also, as far as archaeology is concerned, the oldest known inhabited city in one place on earth. Goes back, archaeology goes back 10,000 years in that spot. Can you believe that? Uh, There's a spring there. It's moved around, around the spring. So, that's kind of the last, last chance, food and water, before you ascend the, the hill, usually on a, on a donkey. So this man, very foolishly, was traveling alone. People didn't travel alone. They traveled in groups and they traveled armed because there were robbers around corners on this road. Like, you know, like I said, most of them were highway without robbers. 
waiting to get people. And he did get beat up. They, he had something valuable. They took it and practically killed him. Uh, we've all been beat up by something in life. And, and, and here's this, uh, this man. The church fathers universally saw this story as Jesus, the Son of God, coming down to save us. Humanity that's been beat up and doesn't even know God exists and that God loves them. So, uh, so we have to understand why the priest and the Levite are in this story and look like bad guys. They're following the, the Mosaic law, which is, if you don't ask me why, if you touch a dead body, you're unclean for seven days. That was probably for hygiene purposes originally. So they, they were very careful not to step on graves and all sorts of things. So they see this man and the priest, who's probably going to offer sacrifice, he would not be able to do that if he touches this dead body, passes by without stopping. The Levite, who's also in that same group, uh, the Levitical group that uh, does worship and things, along with the scribe, he gets closer. That he approaches the body and then passes on the other side. I think we've all... We've all seen something at times and thought, I'm not going to look at this because I don't have time to deal with this or whatever. The, the sin here was if, if the body was dead, they would not have sinned. The sin is they didn't check. They didn't want to find out. This priest probably had an appointment and didn't have time. I'll, only God knows why the Levite in the story didn't stay. The point is, if they checked, they would have seen he was living. And yes, they could have helped him without any impure, impurity in the law, but they just didn't want to. They pretended like they didn't know. And we've all, at times, are very busy, but God will put these things in our paths to see how we react. Uh, and, of course, now we get to the Samaritan. Samaritans were considered heretics. That was a nickname for heretic. We don't know if he was really a Samaritan or just somebody on the outs. Jesus was called a Samaritan by the, by the Pharisees uh, in the Gospels. So uh, the, the, actually the lay of the land in Israel in those days was kind of similar to the way it is now. You know, you had north of the West Bank, you had the Samaria. And Jews wouldn't go through that because they were considered enemies. So just like on the West Bank, it's, it's tough for a Jewish person to go through that area. They go around it. So the Jews would go down to the Jordan River, as I've said before, and then take this long road up, 4,000 feet climb in 26 miles, or down. So this is what they did. This Samaritan, all the Jews hearing this story would think, okay, here's the real bad guy coming. Nope. See how God turns the tables? And the Samaritan, he tithes. How does he tithe? Treasure, time, and talent. He takes time out of his busy schedule, and he must have had one, to, uh, to put this man on his own mule, and he walked beside him. It must have taken a while. He gave of his possessions, his precious food that he carried with him, wine and oil, and they would have carried dried bread and, and fish that had been salted. This was a typical uh, meal on the road for, for Jews. He gave him what he could eat. Then when he gets to the end, he gives money. Two silver coins. He has credit there. He uh, probably was in a group or, or, or armed. He's been that up and down that road many times. And so he does all that for this man and goes on. So uh, it, when we look at what God 
dialoguing with this, with this uh, scribe, the scribe asks a question that is being hotly debated theologically at that time. Is there eternal life? That's another homily. But it's a very legitimate question. What he's really saying, are you with the Sadducees who didn't believe in it, or the Pharisees that do, the Essenes do, all kinds of different political factions. Think Europe with all their different political parties. This is the way Israel was, and still is. And so uh, Jesus sidesteps the question. He doesn't answer directly. This is God. Try asking him a question and see what you get. And then he answers the question with a question. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, what do you think? Um, I'm going to have you do the work here, being a teacher and God. I'll tell you later. What do you think? He's got this, this phylactery around his, uh, his wrist that says the Shema, which is what he quoted, plus a part of it that was not in the Shema, you must, Shema, you must love your neighbor as yourself. He put the two together like Jesus. So he really got the right answer. And this is amazing. So then, he, rather than testing him, he's getting into it because for a neighbor, for a Jew at that time, meant only an Israelite or a righteous Gentile. People like the Samaritans were not neighbors. They were enemies. And they were to be treated like this. So Jesus says, basically, your neighbor is whoever you encounter that's in need. So when it comes down to us then, uh, most of us are not going to run into a damsel in distress halfway up the mountain like I did. Uh, what we're going to find are little bits and pieces of things that we uh, sacrifice ourselves to do. I was thinking about some of them that we tend to do together. That if, you, if you tie it to St. Ed's, for example, every good work that we do, you are actually doing. God, don't be surprised if God doesn't thank you for one of them that you had no idea that you did. Uh, a good example... And we, we added it up once, and we as a, as a corporate community are tithing about 10% what we get just in pure outreach. But um, if you, at Christmas, if you give a, you know, a gift in the giving tree, someone's going to receive it that you don't know. And that's really being a good Samaritan. You're not going to get that reward, that, that good feeling of seeing the person open it, see? That's why it's a real sacrifice. The sacrifice of taking a moment when somebody... Um, wants to talk to us. Uh, thinking about it this week is a real obvious one, which is, now, the law uh, says that we should, if we're stopped at a light and somebody wants to make a right turn, we, you know, leave the driveway open so they can get in. A lot, of, a lot of people don't do that. Maybe they're not noticing. But I think a good Samaritan is watching out for someone trying to make a left turn and stops and lets them in while we're, and, you know, with all this construction work going on over here, they get ready to pave River Road. That's going to be fun. But, uh, you know, you get those spots where they're redoing the curb, and, uh, you know, some people won't let anybody in. I was one of those people trying to get in, and I'm watching the driver. They must have thought that I was trying to sneak around them, but I actually didn't see it because of all the SUVs around, you know. It was like the Grand Canyon. I just didn't see it coming. But I noticed somebody finally was a good Samaritan and let me in. And I said, thank you, Jesus, that somebody let me in. I know how to get in on my own from L.A. I was trying to not do that sort of thing. See? <laughs> you get holier as you get older, I've been told. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> no, I guess not. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's just simple things like you go to the grocery store and they say, would you like to round this up? 75 cents, you think that's nothing? Who did God praise the most at the temple? 
the lady that gave two cents. It's not the amount, it's the spirit. It's not whether we succeed, but whether we try. It's not, it's not how much I did, but how much I went through for Christ. He sees things totally different, and he's going to speak through people we don't expect. He speaks to us normatively through the scriptures, through the church, the teaching of 2,000 years, through our families, through our hopefully well-formed conscience, through the events and circumstances of life, but also through these opportunities that we have to keep an eye out for. Because, And he's going to speak through, in addition to those things, somebody that may not even be of the faith, but may spark something and change our lives. So our Lord gives us a lot of challenge in this reading, but it's, it's also um, an example of Christ's love for us. We're the ones that have been beat up by life. Who here hasn't been beat up by life at some point? If we haven't, wait a little while. And sometimes we're left there for a while with people who don't care and don't notice. I think of, uh, I think of the death camps at Auschwitz and the people that claimed afterward they didn't know. Oh, come on, guys. At least you go to pray, right? You know, we won't be encountering anything that bad, but we might encounter somebody that we could have helped a little bit and didn't. And uh, other times, we succeed. We should, we should, at the end of the day, um, you know, look over the day and thank God for the times that we, that we did see somebody because that's how we grow, by also noticing the positive things that, we, that God has led us to do in life. So we thank God that he, the Good Samaritan, is watching out for us and that he will never let us down now and in the day of eternity.